stay there. You know what? I believe that every single person on this planet can make a difference. And I believe that we all have something to offer, something that's so unique that it will change somebody else's life. I believe we all deserve to step into our true selves. And I believe that every single person needs to feel great about themselves. I want you to step into who you truly are and I want you to make a difference for somebody else and for yourself. And I don't think it's that hard. It's a matter of putting one step in front of the other and just taking action. And I'm interviewing guests that have done just that. I'm Karen Vaughan. This is the Get Off The Bench podcast. And here is where you can make that decision to make your life count. It all starts with you saying yes. Howdy, and welcome back to another week of the Get Off The Bench podcast. Now, this week, it's just me because I've got something to say. So I hope you get something from it. Now, this weekend, just gone, um, some of you are going to be very jealous because I've just been to the Byron Bay Yoga Center for a, a long weekend retreat, and it was fabulous. That's not what I'm going to talk about, but I just want to set the scene. I went with my one of my sisters and... You know, we 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 went to to connect deeper. You know, and not that we have not been connected, and not that we've not had a great relationship. Everything's been fine, but we just thought let's connect on a deeper level. Let's just go away for the weekend and you know chat about stuff and just be together. And it was fantastic. Yes, I did a bit of yoga, and uh, yes, I I think it was it felt worse than doing the splits. I, I used to do yoga maybe twenty years ago, and then. I moved away from Melbourne and I, I don't know, I just never got back into it. And when I was doing it, I felt fantastic. Like I didn't have back aches, I didn't have neck aches, I just felt bloody brilliant. My youngest sister, uh, Kate, is actually a yoga and Pilates teacher. Many times she said to me, Kaz, you just need to do yoga. And I've been like, nah, nah, it's okay. You know, I used to do it and I don't need to do it. And Sue, who I went away with, um, is also a yoga teacher who, by the way, never tries to make me do it. But when I went away on this retreat, it's kind of like you have you, there's you don't have to do it, but there's like three yoga sessions a day. By the by the third day, I was like, oh my god, I can't I can't sit down anymore. But anyway, it was just such a lovely environment to get away to and away from everything and everybody. And so we started talking about our childhood now. There was nothing wrong with our childhood. We didn't suffer in any way. It was it was great. And well, when I say great, I thought it was great, and so does she, but for very different reasons. And and we saw it very differently. When we started really unpacking it, we were like, oh, I can't believe you really saw it like that. That's not how I saw it. I saw, and well, I'm talking about not our entire childhood, but different situations. And I'm saying, oh my God, I don't remember it like that. I remember it like this. And the deeper we got into conversation, we realized that we shared a bedroom. You know, we we grew up together. We were together for, you know, until I moved out, like when I was 18 and you know, stuck in this room together. And you would you would suggest that or you would think that the reality would probably, we both would have had the same reality and we would have seen things the same. But we saw things, and now we're only like, 
you know, we're both around 60 and now we're starting to say many, many, many years later, that's not how I saw it. And it really got me thinking a lot or got us both thinking a lot about what is what is reality and and our perceptions and our interpretations of those perceptions are, are so critically important when we're building connections with people and building relationships with people or when we're even ruining relationships with people because we're so hell-bent on our own reality or our own perception of what happened that we've concluded this is reality that we very often don't leave space for the other person's sense of reality. And I don't know, I, I really think this is worth, I, I think this is worth a podcast on its own, so I'm going to persist with it. So hang in there. I feel like we assign um, emotions to our perception. Well, I don't feel this. I know this. We assign emotions to our interpretations of situations and then you know, that emotion sits in our body as a as a youngster and then another situation happens and then we feel that same emotion and so we assign that to the same place and, you know, it becomes this chain of, chain of similar emotions and I, I think they call it a gestalt, you know, and we, what happens is the more we feel an emotion that attaches to that similar one is it, that this chain becomes longer and longer and longer and it becomes so real and true that we start to it starts to form our identity and starts to really determine how we see things and how we interpret things um i hope hope i said that clearly enough and then when we start to i guess have interactions with people we start to have preconceived ideas and predetermined judgments and, you know, our biases come in and our experiences come in and we our brain makes shortcuts to say, well, I've experienced this before and this reminds me of this, therefore I'm going to do this and cut that off now uh, because I expect that this will happen, will be the outcome. And in actual fact, we don't know that that will be the outcome, but we're trying to we don't want to go through the whole process of finding out and then potentially being hurt. Now, I'm not a neuroscientist, of course, you all know that, so I don't, I don't know if I'm getting this technically correct, but I'm just kind of speaking as I think, which is probably dangerous for some people, and that was another thing that we determined in this. <laughs> We're very different in that way. I speak as I think, and whereas Sue is very reflective and then processes it, then speaks, but... It's just, it, it's just, it, it amazed me that I felt the differences in our perception. I just felt an important thing for us, for, for me to bring to this, for other people, because I'm sure there's other people listening to this. I'm sure some of you are listening, thinking, oh my God, yeah, I wonder, I've got siblings and I wonder if they had the same experiences, experience as me. And as we get older, we kind of stuff all that down and it's kind of like, well, I'm not in that situation anymore, so I don't need to think about it anymore and I don't have any ill feelings, so therefore everything's okay. But it's not okay because the the emotion that happened in that time is still sitting in our body. You know, one of the things that, that Sue said, and I, 
It never occurred to me, and I don't blame her. I was um, learning guitar when I was seven, and then at some point I got an, an electric guitar and a little amp and a microphone, and you know, it was it was playing it up full. So you can imagine how distorted the bloody thing sounded. And and she had to share a bedroom with me, so and and she was a reader. So imagine trying to be a reader sharing a bedroom with somebody who has got this buddy electric guitar plugged into an amp and singing through this crappy microphone and and not singing well, by the way, or probably not even playing well, and having no space to be yourself. It never crossed my mind that that could be a problem. So the emotion is, and, and we talked about this, you know, I said to her, have you Tell me all the things you're pissed off about. And she said, I'm pissed off that you used to play that bloody guitar all the time and I never got a chance to read. And I'm laughing about it now, but, you know, it's it's something that so she holds holds that in as a kid and you piss me off, Karen, for doing this and sort of smothering my space and then it never gets said as an adult because you just don't because there's no reason for saying it. But that that emotion still stays there. And so when similar things happen throughout your life, you know, you start to build this big collective of similar similar emotions. And that wasn't the only thing. You know, I was a I was a protester when I was a kid. And and so there was so much, I guess, attention on me because I was taking up so much space and so much just making so much noise that it sort of pushed her into the background a bit. And while I never saw that, it, it, it sort of it, maybe that shaped her to become a very a much quieter person or maybe she was naturally quiet. And I, I'm, I'm fascinated by personalities and how we become. But Susan said to me, and, and, I, and for 30 years, until, until you were about 30, and she's only a, a year and a half younger than me, I, I was always scared of you. I thought you were angry. You're always angry. And I said, when, I said this weekend when we were talking about it, I said it, it wasn't anger. That wasn't anger. That was frustration. And then it made us think even deeper on the meaning of words. It's like, well, one, person's, one person perceives something as anger and another person the, the true expression for them inside is frustration. So I was frustrated with certain situations that I've, I, I'm not even, I can't even think of them, but I can, I can, I can feel the energy of when I was a kid and I was frustrated with things that didn't go my way because I was a protester. But for someone else on the other end, who's got a much softer personality, that that's anger. And so that instills a fear you know, that that maybe I'll get hurt here and where my intention was never to do that. And so I guess the reason I'm saying this is because we need to be more aware about how we're showing up. And I, I know that was when we were kids and we didn't, you don't, when you're a kid, you don't have the emotional capacity or the cognitive capacity to to really understand that or to, or to even be self-aware enough to think about what impact am I having on that other person. But as we become adults, as we mature and as we become, I believe we should all become responsible for our actions and we should be accountable for our actions as an adult. And we can't continue to blame our parents or continue to blame anything that happened in our childhood for not taking responsibility as an adult. We need to be more aware of how our actions and our behaviour and 
how we communicate may be, you know, being interpreted by somebody else. And we, we could be potentially, while it could be not right, you know, Susan, Susie interpreted that as anger and that's that wasn't right. Even though it may not be right, it's still a valid interpretation and a valid response and a valid feeling or emotion for that other person. And I think that we're not that great at, at recognising how we spill over onto other people. For 20 years I've been teaching com uh, like communication units at, at TAVE or whatever I've been doing and talking about uh, communication in one form or another. And I've, for 20 years I've been saying that the only true communication is the interpretation of the receiver. And I'll say that again slowly so you can take that in. The only true communication is the interpretation of the receiver. You know, we have this sort of um, image, you know, that there's a the person sending the message and they send it through some kind of channel, whatever that is, through verbal, nonverbal, through social media, through an email, through written, through whatever, however they send it to the receiver. The receiver takes it on, then they give you feedback and, yeah, we're well, well into our communication loop. But, you know, I, I think we need to pay more attention to the fact that, one, it depends on the the communicator, the person sending the message, what's their tone of voice, what's their experience, what's their background, what's their, what's their, you know, like a hundred things that could be in this list that are that are relevant to the sender. But then we've got, I reckon, a thousand times more for the receiver. And it could be like their state of mind, their state of health, their cultural, cultural background, their upbringing, their experiences, their just their knowledge, their skills, their capacity, like so many, so many things, their emotional state. So we get frustrated, you know, we we say something and we say it from our space where we are and we just let it out and we launch it. And then there's the, the receiver will or won't or they will interpret it in their own way and it may or may not be the way you intended. And then we get shitty as the sender. We get the shits on and, well, that's not what I said. And then we're like, why don't people listen? And how could you How could you even think I said that? And it, this happens to everybody. This, this happens to all of us. I've heard it so many times. And then the receiver's like, well, that's not what you said. And actually the words might have been what they said, but the interpretation wasn't. Now, I'm not going to give a whole big lesson on how we fix this, but I think we need to be more aware of it. Now, we need to be a lot more double-checky. <laughs> I know I just made that word up. But we, we need to be a lot more conscious and a lot more aware and a lot more um, sensitive to those we're connecting with and, and just, just to, to to check how, how things are happening. At this yoga retreat, um, and, and don't get me wrong, I've I'm not a yoga guru. I've got I have got no bloody clue. Um, when I used to do yoga, I just used to do the the physical poses, and that was enough for me. Um, I don't know enough about the background of of the yogic experience and everything else. Although on the weekend, I, I they did a teaching, and I was absolutely fascinated by this and. There, were, there was quite a lot to it, so I won't go into all of it. But one of the things they talked about was the five cliches. And 
and I don't know whether this is just relevant to one strain of yoga or whether it goes over. I, I'm, I'm very keen to do some more research into this, so I'm kind of only telling you um, very prematurely without me doing any, any, any looking into it. But they said that there's five um, barriers to our uh, that five barriers to really practicing a yogi life that that the barriers are in our minds and um, I'm, I'm going to have a crack at saying the the Sanskrit word and I don't know if it's I'm going to get it right but um, avidya avidya you know what I'm not going to say those words I'm just going to tell you the five things in in English because I'm going to screw it up. But the first thing is um, misapprehension, which, you know, is a mistaken belief about or interpretation of something. And we all do that. We we all misinterpret. We all misunderstand. And so if we've got a misunderstanding, that is a definite barrier to being able to live a, a, a much greater life, you know, a much more full life or a much more... Um, a true life, you know, that's it's, it's really true to ourself. The second one was ego, ego is a more false identity, you know, this feeling that we have to show up as somebody, we have to show up as somebody that's not us potentially because we've got we've got a show to keep up, you, you know, and, and this also blocks us from becoming our true self. And the third one was attachment. And so we do tend to attach ourselves to a lot of things and it could be physical things or could be a feeling or attachment to a place or attachment to a lot of things that are not serving us, beliefs, that type of thing. The fourth one is um, aversion or hatred. And, you know, when we have ill feeling towards somebody or wanting to hurt somebody or wanting to despise somebody, that's actually another blockage to having a clear mind, you know, and a clear path. And the fifth one was um, fear and insecurity. And these are all barriers to having a clear mind. And I found that really, really fascinating and it really fits in well with a lot of this stuff I'm talking about. And we have all these blockages and how the hell can we build really nice connections with people? How, how the hell can we show up truly as ourselves while we're, while we've got these in play? And I, for me, it's been a great learning curve because I'm going to really take a good look at those and say, well, which ones of those are in play and to what degree and what can I do about it? And you're probably wondering, well, why are you giving us all this gabble? Do you know, it, it's not really relevant to me, but it is relevant to everybody. And I, and I spent a lot of time, a lot of hours, you know, travelling home and thinking about, well, what's the key to this, you know, Yes, we all do misinterpret. Yes, we all do um, see things our way. We all do um, bury emotions. We all do, I guess, interpret things the wrong way and have our own perceptions. And, and, and speaking about Susan and I, well, this is like a good 50 years later. And while we can say, well, we don't have any ill feeling towards each other, these emotions are still buried and... We can't just say, well, I don't, I, I love you. I don't have any issue with you and think that it will disappear because it won't disappear because those emotions are already sitting deep inside us and eventually they cause physical pain or they cause illness. And 
I've determined, and whether I'm right or wrong, and this is again premature, but I want to spend, I want to share it with you. I talk a lot about connection and really connecting with people. And once you deeply connect with somebody, everything changes and you can, I don't know, I think you form a much greater trust and you, you form a much greater openness between each other. And the only way to really uh, form that connection is through open, honest conversation. So I guess I've said a lot here and I've sort of, yeah, I don't know, shared something of mine that I'm hoping other people will take away. But And I'm not, I'm not expecting that other people go, oh, my God, yes, I've got that buried emotion. I really have. And because, of course, you won't even, you won't even recognize it. You know, you'll just, you know, for, for Sue, she wanted to talk about because she she's getting back pain and she's like, where is this coming from? Is this coming from some emotional thing? So these things are hidden and we've all got an elephant in our room, you know, that, that you know, just it's easy not to talk about that. Don't bring that up. That's irrelevant. That You know, that that I don't know. But when we get these triggers that come up, we need to sort of ask, what emotion they're attached to and for how long they've been there. I know it's a lot of hard work and you know what? It's no one ever wants to do the hard work because it hurts and it, it's growing. You know, if we want to grow, we have to go through growing pains and we 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 have an aversion to it. And but I think it's worth it. I really do. And I think the solution and I'm not saying the solution that it'll be, oh, yeah, I recognise that. If I start having open, honest conversations and I start building connections, um, you know, I'm going to solve the problems of the world. You're not. But I think that's the pathway into healing, any form of healing, and even if it's not conscious, even just having unconscious pain or unconscious emotions that are unresolved, I really think having the conversation, having just having open honest conversation, not about what not about digging deep, not necessarily about that. But just stop with the stop with the mask on rubbish and stop faking it. Stop stop putting up a wall. Stop trying to pretend things are fine when they're not. Stop trying to um, avoid being hurt. Just have those conversations and and build a deeper connection. And I reckon when that happens, that's when the healing starts. So I guess there's no, I don't know, that's all I've got to say on it. But I, I really felt compelled to share that because intuitively I know there's someone listening to this that is going to get something out of that. And, you know, there's someone in your life that you're feeling that's, that, I, I guess you listening to this get a gut feeling about, gee whiz, you know what, that reminds me of me and my brother, me and my sister, me and my mum, whatever, you know. And if you got that gut feeling when I'm talking about this, I, I, I say go have that converse, start conversation, just start open, honest conversation instead of being shallow and surface level, go deep. So, you know, today I'm feeling really flat of, feeling this emotion of, and I don't know why, maybe it's something from the past, I'm not sure. Just have that vulnerable, raw conversation. 
watch your connections grow and 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 just see what happens. I don't know. Maybe this one podcast, this one episode will save a relationship. And if not, that's okay. I've been sitting here talking to myself and thoroughly enjoying it. It just gives me the opportunity to reflect a little deeper and to grow a little more. So if that's the, if that's the only thing that comes of this, then I'm grateful for myself for, for bringing that opportunity for me to grow. I'm really, really deeply hoping that somebody else finds something in it and um, a relationship blossoms or heals as a result. So that's all I'm going to say on it. Um, if you do get a chance to go away with a sibling or somebody you care about who you probably don't have a lot of these deep conversations with, make that effort, make that long weekend, make that camping trip, make that retreat, make that sleepover, make that whatever it is that will give you the space to down tools and really have that conversation because I think it's extraordinarily valuable and very worth it. So I'm going to leave it there. Please consider all that. And thanks again for joining me. Hope that wasn't too deep, but I reckon it's reckon it's really valuable. Have a great week and I will see you next week. See ya. Thanks for joining me. As always, I hope this episode inspired you. If you know somebody who's taken courageous action to create something that's making a difference for other people, let me know about it. Go to my website, karenvaughan.com, tinker around there, have a bit of a look and send me a message. I can't wait to hear from you. And remember, you're worth it. Your unique talents and gifts need to be out in this world. And I'm so passionate about inspiring you to achieve that. So you've listened to this episode. Just say yes, make the decision and put one foot in front of the other. See you next week.